Ladies and jerks, you are about to listen to the masters of the obvious. But to be honest, they ain't masters of nothing. Sure, they may suffer from histrionic personality disorder and a multibristophilia. But so what if they're crazy? The best people are, right? But be careful. They probably will insult you. Just do like I did. Tell them, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off me and leaves a six-inch diameter exit wound in you, huh? So listen, you like interviews, nutty stuff, bad puns? You're going to want to stick around for this. Pudding. <laughs> Kill the track! Welcome to the one year anniversary of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On this episode, Kirsten and I discuss Scarlett Johansson suing Disney, a Margot Robbie Barbie film, The Suicide Squad, and Kirsten brings back her comic list. We also play a game of Himbo Alimbo with Fierce Unicorn's owner and boylesque performer, Paul Oldham. But first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a brand new spanking website with hot-ass merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod and take advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, you like single-issue comics? Because I got two floppies here for you. Them was my tits. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. Come. One of my favorite descriptors for boobs, and also trigger warning, <laughs> a bit offensive, is from Venture Brothers. Hmm. And it, I think it was Brock Samson talking about, I can't remember who he was talking about. And he's like, the, the boobs, her boobs are just sad. They're depressing. They're like two suicide notes stuffed into a bra. So at first, I wasn't like that pressed to talk about the Scarlett Johansson Disney thing because right. I thought so what you know cynical thinking oh whatever but like, the more that we learned about it the more we just got heated the more I dived into it the angrier I got right we dived in it's a shallow end hit our heads we're out for vengeance and now we're dumber having read we're it. also we are <laughs> if that was possible so top of the news for me are, are these people who are or maybe suing Disney. The more I read about it, the angrier I got, and the more I realized that this is actually something worth diving into. But it seems as though she has opened a door because now Emily Blunt and Emma Stone are considering right their options. Mm -hmm. um, so in the suit, Johansson uh, said that Black Widow was supposed to be released exclusively in theaters because that was her contract. And that's what the lawyers confirmed when they read the contract. That's what it seemed to be. And often... As the case with most movies, a large portion of her salary was tied to box office success. Right. Putting that on Disney Plus impacted her bottom line. Mm -hmm. Didn't impact that bottom, though. Boop, boop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so total worldwide. If anything, it made it angrier and bigger. <laughs> so the total worldwide box office tally is currently at. My anger goes straight to my bottom. I don't know about you. <laughs> Bet your bottom. So the total worldwide box office tally is currently at 319 million. Okay. 
And that puts it on track. That sounds impressive, right? $319 million. Yeah. That puts it on track to become one of the lowest grossing Marvel movies. How insane. Like, we really don't think about just how giant the MCU is. Only six other Marvel movies released since early 2018 have made le- less than $1 billion. Isn't Isn't Endgame the top grossing MCU film? Isn't that the top grossing film, period? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, it, it eclipsed Avatar, but then Avatar re-released re- just to compete. Disgusting. And this feels like <laughs> compete a real, with itself? A Isn't real, that Disney as well? No, well, I think when Endgame beat it out, then they re-released it in theaters to get more numbers. All right. So this is all going on, and I thought, okay, whatever, she's suing them. And then when I started to think about it, what really fucking bothered me was uh, – The character characterization of Scarlett Johansson by well, Disney. right. Disney was banking on her public image being so shit. Which it is. I mean, we do think about her problematic casting right. – uh, well, you know, her her choices in roles, et cetera. Ghost in the Shell. Mm, yeah. And then also – she. Just misogyny in general, yeah. just counting on that, counting on people being boohoo, poor rich person, because they released her salary information. Yeah. And I feel like most of the discourse that I've seen online that are on Disney's side are like, well, she's paid enough as it is. But the thing is, is that it's still her money. Yeah. I don't care how much she was paid. If if they're if if she is you know do that money it's still hers right so instead of renegotiating or agreeing on a different payout they just fucking ignored her team's requests and really gave her no other recourse but again they were banking on her shying away from it because of misogyny because of public opinion and this bitch went nah well and she really has nothing to lose because she's one of those top. You know, she's in the top whatever percent of actors and actresses that don't need that Disney money, don't need that push from Disney. She's do- She was doing fine on own before mm-hmm. and after. And her character is dead. I don't think that they have any plans of resurrecting her. No, I don't think so either. But the thing is, is that do you think they would have pulled this stunt Although- with Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., whose characters are also dead? No, I don't. But also – with the multiverse coming out, she could come back. That's the thing. So what's really fucking egregious and just totally fucking disgusting was Disney's response. Yeah, that that, that somehow she is careless and self- selfish because she doesn't care about the, pan- the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Like they didn't lay off 32,000 people at Disneyland. Right. At the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Oh, she's being insensitive because of a pandemic. Yeah, right. Like you fuckers – I just don't understand anyone who's simping for Disney in this this situation. But yeah, you're right. I mean, would they have done Chris Evans or RDJ like this? I don't think so. I definitely don't. And I I think – I I don't know if it was confirmed, but I heard that um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, wasn't considering um, suing Disney. But then, again, we found out that his production company was involved with Jungle Cruise. So Sure. He has no reason to. If he didn't – already have it settled with them then he at least had an upper hand um with that and i'm sure i want to i kind of want to know what he was paid versus emily blunt too let's just like really make this all transparent yeah it's disgusting like so they demonize and character assassinate scarlet you know calling her insensitive or selfish for defending her contractual rights it's 
mind-fucking-blowing. I think at this point, it's less about money and more about making the statement that you should respect your talent. But Right, and they're making the statement that we're too big for you to fuck with. Basically. Um, yeah, I mean, they went as far as, like you said, they included her salary in the press statement to attempt to weaponize her success. And even her lawyers fired back saying, like, like she should be ashamed of the money that she made. She's not. That's not the issue here. She's not ashamed of something that you motherfuckers agreed to. Yeah, exactly. The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? I did find it interesting that three separate um, organizations that push for equality on the screen, um, well, just equality among actress, actors and actresses in general, Time's Up, Reframe, and Women in Film, released a joint statement about it defending ScarJo and just like full on calling out that this is a very gendered attack on Disney's behalf. It's so fucking blatant. Yeah. Like it's jarring. Speaking. How shitty. Speaking of people weighing in, oh who, god, who is your who is what was your favorite I hot take? Okay, my favorite hot take, Dave Batista. Just to put in context, that is sarcastic when we say that this is Cynthia's favorite hot take on it. Fuck Dave Batista. Fuck this guy. Fuck him. The sheer utter misogyny. His response: I told them they should have made a Drax movie. Fuck like, off. why? Because ladies be crazy, Dave. <laughs> Fuck you. Go make another shitty fucking zombie movie with Zack Snyder, you fucking piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, he, he was made for Zack Snyder, it sounds like. He's a simple bitch, and he needs to shut the fuck up. Right? And also, like, your acting is nowhere near where ScarJo's is either. You think you could have an entire movie vehicle? I'm sorry. You may be from the WWE, but The Rock you ain't. Mm-mm. No. No, Mm-mm. sir. No. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and I love James Gunn, but, like... You know, I have beef with a good amount of that cast now. Jesus Christ. I'm going to piggyback on this Disney talk. Yeah. And talk about some a, a new love of mine, Kate Heron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a fucking darling angel this woman is. Also, yeah, this is a this is great timing because you just showed me the behind the scenes, the hour-long feature. The Avengers Assemble. After Loki. And yeah, what a doll. Kate Heron is the director and showrunner for Disney Plus's Loki. Mm-hmm. And she recently, I don't know, I want to say like gave a fucking master class on how to respond to fucking trolls. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Which we have, we unknowingly did. Yes, we have done the same Prior thing. to this. Um, so Not that we had any influence on what she did. She doesn't know who we are. But, but please, if you do want to notice me, senpai. <laughs> Witness me. Uh, So she screen grabbed, note, did not reply, Mm -hmm. screen grabbed. Because you don't want to interact with these fools. We don't want to give them any more attention or glory. The only reason why they're even going after you because you have a platform and they want to hijack it. Yes. So she screen grabbed a troll's tweet to her. And the the loser, the loser, I meant to say the user, the user, the loser user, uh, was using a Ludwig von Beethoven avatar. And she left that in. But Mm -hmm. then she blocked out their name. Mm -hmm. Well, we used a crying baby. We did. Instead of the profile The tweet said, thanks for ruining Loki, you fat skank. She took that. She uh, attached that image to a tweet of her own. Mm -hmm. And her tweet said, hot, 
fat, and available to tank your major franchises. <laughs> mm. Skanksy Tank. Amazing. Love her. So great. D- d- tank nothing. That shit was fucking great. That shit was great. It was. I mean, I have my issues with it, but, you know, 10 out of 10 would recommend very enjoyable. My biggest gripe, just while we're on Loki. Oh, no. Well, Not I, enough nudity? Well, I know that one thing that we kind of um, – there's a Nexus event within our, our friendship <laughs> um, that we had differing opinions on the romance between Sylvie and Loki, right? And, and, and I'm not – in the camp where I'm saying that it's incest or they're siblings, because they're obviously not siblings. And uh, that, that's like saying that, like, you know, Loki is the same, ge- you know, genetic makeup as, you know, crocodile or alligator Loki or whatever. That's just insane. Um, but um, he ain't making out alligator Loki. I really wanted her to be Enchantress and not um, – and not Lady Loki, but as confirmed by the featurette after Loki, to the behind-the-scenes stuff, it really is a mashup between Lady Loki and Enchantress. And it actually made me angrier because confirming that means that – because I was holding out hope that in season two we're get the big reveal that they're not at all – it's not at all a Loki variant and it's just the Enchantress. See, that would bother me because this, this – the story is about self-love and self-actualization and, and I mean, not only that, but also, you know. Uh, masturbation. <laughs> I was going to say uh, coming to terms fascism. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, that too. Sorry, I keep burping and I ate a truffle pizza. It's terrible. Uh, um, to you. <laughs> just <laughs> You know, you. I think I've, I've even written out my list of kinks to you and yet you still apologize for when you indulge me in them. <laughs> Anyway, I didn't realize that <laughs> I'm just in your face was one of them. Uh, yeah, I guess it would take away from what you got out of the story for sure. But I think uh, in the same hand, it also means that it's going to be one less female character in the MCU by c- uh, combining the two of them. They combine a lot of things, though. I mean, they just kind of hod- – they take from what they want. They hodgepodge. They, yeah. None of it's really – And I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who gets upset for things being, you know, not – true enough to the source material because some things just really don't make sense on screen and in the amount of time that they can explore it. But after, and I I may be bringing this up prematurely, but after you had done your research for making your comics list today and seeing how little there is female representation in Marvel, Mm -hmm. taking one away does matter. It does matter. And they're just such cool characters on their own that they didn't have to you know, when I saw a version that they had, I'm not sure if it was from a comic or something had mocked up for uh, Loki, but it was like a drawing of Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. I think that they had mocked it up for the show. Looked fucking amazing. Looked fucking amazing. Right. Because they had gone through many different iterations, it seems like, before they landed on what they wanted to do. Why can't we just merge together and become one person? The I don't. I think that would get pruned immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> that would be – He who remains would be like, nope. Fucking terrifying, actually. Scary. Um, are you a Flash Gordon fan? It is a little out of my um, era. Okay. Have you seen but Flash I'm Gordon? aware, yes, of Flash Gordon. I've been obsessed with that movie for about 30 years. And that makes me old. I get Flash Gordon – and Logan's Run. Okay. 
mixed up. I just gonna give you one of my favorite lines from Flash Gordon. Okay. Damn you, Faja! Not the ballworms, Faja! That's my favorite. <laughs> <Is that> racist? <laughs> Should I be worried? No, she's I'm just she has a very weird accent. I, don't I just assume that anything a couple decades old is problematic. Um talk about a himbo though. Fucking Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Ooh, that's not that's not on our that's a himbo a limbo, <laughs> is it? So two years ago, Taika Watiti. Uh, was hired to make an animated Flash Gordon movie. That seems weird to me. I don't think – I can't recall any of his animated projects. I can't think of one, but I'm not – maybe I'm not well-versed. We're just not ta- the true Taika stands. Not suckling from the Taika what Watiti's. That was too easy. Was I didn't too- think that, I thought that was going to be hard. That was a low hanging breast right there. <laughs> My God, um, uh, that was floppy as fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I would have liked an animated one. I would have liked it. I would have wanted to see what he would have done with animation. But but post post in recent interview, Motu, you would want more. An- you don't feel burned, but too burned by the reboot of Motu. That you would. <sighs> to be perfectly candid. Mm-hmm. I have been burned with everything Kevin Smith has done as of late. That hurt my own feelings to say. <laughs> I think – I also wonder how much of it – how much of his edge that he lost for better or for worse because of his daughter and his daughter's influence in his life. Hmm. I mean – I love everything he's doing uh, personally. I love their relationship, yeah. Personally, his podcasts, his his relationship with his daughter, his the fact that he's not dead, the fact that he's bettering his life. I mm-hmm. love it all. But when it comes to his work, I can't think of the last thing where I was like, fuck yeah, Kevin Smith. I also wonder if it's nostalgia blinders. You don't feel that connection because it wasn't something that you sat with and lived with and obsessed with. It's possible, but after a certain point, I feel like it just stopped resonating with me. Yeah. And it shouldn't have. I mean, we're- I personally find, but then again, I'm not super close. You love yoga hosers? Oh, no, I don't. (laughs) I did like Tuscan Red State, though. Red State was phenomenal. Red State, I never saw Tusk, to be fair. Well, you know how that even became a thing, right? It was just them- Red State or Tusk, which one? Tusk. Mm -hmm. Just them spitballing high on Smodcast, um, but like making just the most ridiculous movie ever. That's great. Yeah. I never saw Tusk, but I can't think of anything that he's done. You don't like body horror? No. It's more funny than scary. Okay. Well, okay. Okay. Maybe and also, like, the person, I wouldn't say deserves it, but you don't feel that bad for them either. There's a scene that I saw a clip, hmm, maybe it's in the trailer, but they're at, like, a table. Mm-hmm. And there's something that hit the same part of my brain that I believe, was it in Hannibal? Hannibal, very similar. And that scene in Hannibal fucked me up. So I lo- looked at this movie and I thought... I think I'm going to pass. Mm-hmm. Check, please. Fair. Fair. Let me get back to Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. So, scheduled to do an animated Flash Gordon. And then in a recent interview, John Davis, the producer, said that the project's From now- corn? <laughs> <laughs> he said that the that's now being developed as a live action film. Better. 
Yes. I want to know the fuck is doing the soundtrack. Also, the actors involved. Queen killed that soundtrack. Easily one of the all-time best soundtracks of all fucking time. Aren't the fits a big part of it, too? The outfits? Am I Logan's running this again? Am I... (laughs) Am I thinking about Logan's? I'm always thinking about Logan's run. I think... um, Didn't they try to remake that one, too? I don't know. I think maybe maybe Ming the Merciless's outfit was like a thing. And I guess... Oh, my God. I'm just looking at... Oh, look at Ming. Look at Ming. Look at Ming. Yeah. The fits are a big part of it. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. I never realized that this is a white guy dressed up as an Asian. Ming is not... I Asian. do remember. Isn't that um, what's that actor's name? Max von. He's in a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. He's your cookie cutter. He's an exorcist. Guy. Yep. Lars Mikkelsen is reportedly cast as Admiral Thrawn in the Ahsoka show. Lars, yeah. whose brother is Mads, Mads who is replaced uh, Johnny Depp in as Grindelwald. That's and a big wasn't he in uh, Rogue Hannibal? One? Was he in Rogue One? Well, he's in the show Hannibal. Oh, okay. I've never seen the show Hannibal. It's very gay. Oh. I gauge how much I want to watch a movie or show with how good the gay fan fiction is. Cute. And how good is Admiral Thrawn's gay fan fiction? I have not seen anything, but I would hope that he is called Admiral Throb. Heartthrob. Love it. Penal Throb. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Because <laughs> I was just thinking of my heart. I'm always thinking between the legs. Thinking between the lines, between the legs. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of uh, shiny plastic mound, Margot Robbie's Barbie movie. Margot Robbie's Barbie movie. Is being directed by Greta Gerwig. That's, it really just like a Mad Libs of people. Just a... A generator. It gets worse. So <laughs> the idea of this movie has been passed around since 2014. Right. And it was once being scripted by Jenny Bix of Sex and the City fame. Makes more sense, I feel like. Then passed on to Diablo Cody. Which would have been interesting. With Amy Schumer as Barbie. Which I hate because I don't like Amy Schumer. It's not even a physical appearance thing for me. It's just I am... Not a fan of Amy Schumer. Then at one point, Anne Hathaway was. And I hate saying that I'm not a fan of Amy Schumer because a bunch of dudes will be like, yeah, women suck. And I'm like, no, just that woman. And you are the only exception. (laughs) You are. I've been listening to a lot of Paramore recently because I totally missed that boat when it happened. I missed that boat when it happened too. And she's the cutest. She's a a stand-up gal. You want to know what made me start listening to Paramore? TikTok. Do you know why? Because of its similarity to Olivia Rodrigo's Good For You? Because black TikTok goes apeshit for Paramore. Which made me go, oh, these bitches might be funky. They do. They got some funk. They got some fucking some disco and, vibes in there. And I love that she addresses the misogyny within that whole culture at the time, too, because mm. in Misery of Business, I think she calls the girl that she's kind of in competition with a whore. And she won't she, – she, she's addressed it publicly, but also will do that in concerts, too. So good for her. Because, listen, she was like 17 at the time or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to call Whomever you think is your nemesis, a whore they, when you're we 16. We really internalized, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people pitting us against 
other women as as, as young. Sure. People. I mean, it's so easy to be a pick me when you're 16. Absolutely. Because you want, I, what 16 year old doesn't want to be picked? Yeah. Right. Anyway, speaking of pick me bitches, Anne Hathaway was supposed to play Barbie. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I like Anne Hathaway. I'm just kidding. Your favorite I'm never going to forgive you for this. All right. So your favorite Catwoman, Anne Hathaway, was to play Barbie. My favorite Catwoman? That's <laughs> bold of you to say. We're just going to ignore Halle Berry's. Her the kit? I see you, Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Hathaway was supposed to play Barbie at one point in this one of the iterations of this movie that has yet to happen. Diablo walked away. And then Anne Hathaway did. Yeah. <laughs> the picture of Anne Hathaway sitting on a subway with a knife and laughing <laughs> is my mood <coughs> 75% of the time. Just like hysterically laughing, holding a knife. What are you re- referencing? I'll, I will text you. I will post it on our socials just for everyone to see. It's just a picture of her hysterically laughing. I believe she's in a trench coat with a knife in her hand on a subway. <laughs> This is like her in real life? I can't tell if it was on a set. I can't tell if it was a, pa- a paparazzi pic. Mm. But Does it, it matter? really speaks would to the me. Context the context make would it better? ruin no. it for me. Yeah, agreed. Olivia Milk? Milch? Milky? Milch? Milky? Milky? Mushy? 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 What is it? Help me out here. It was called, it was help me out here, podcast. How do you pronounce this? I think it's Milch. Okay. So then Olivia Milch of Ocean's 8 fame was supposed to write it for Warner Brothers, and then it fell through again. I kind of love that too, but it is – it just – none of them really make sense except for the Sex and the City writer. So this Barbie movie is the only one of many movies Mattel is planning for their properties. Well, no. It's finally settled, of course, on Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. Right. But we'll see. <laughs> but there are other properties that Mattel owns that they're making right. movies for. Mm-hmm. The most alarming? This made it hard to sleep last night. It's haunting me. You know how much CBD I had to – how many gummies I had to swallow just to erase Do you know how much erase pot chocolate memory? I ate last night? And then ate because I wanted to uh, – well, I ate it originally because I wanted to erase this memory, and then I just kept eating it because it was delicious. Actually, you know what this is? This is poly, poly out of pocket. Ooh. So they're making a poly pocket film. It's got a poly pocket on the docket. That by itself, great. Really? But continue. But continue. Why not? Why sh- it seems like such a fucking weird, bizarre All bullshit. All these toys get movies. Why not poly pocket? Because what a bullshit fucking toy – what? What a bullshit Do you know how toy. much those things go for on Bull eBay? Shit. Toy. I love tiny things. That's why I'm friends with you. Ugh, bullshit. You're my Polly Pocket. <laughs> how dare you talk about yourself like that? Has anyone made a Polly Pocket pussy is what I want to know. Absolutely. Okay, good. It's like rule 34. <laughs> 42. 82. 105. 106. 69. 69. <laughs> Okay. 420. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there's a Polly Pocket film on the docket for Mattel mm-hmm. being directed. I can't even say this is a straight face. It's being directed. <laughs> no. Is it directed or written by? It doesn't matter. Just her involvement alone. Being Harold, being Her- at the helm. Yeah. Lena Dunham. Lena fucking Dunham. With Lily Collins to play the lead role. Lena, 
who made a joke out of the story about exalting her sister Dunham. <laughs> Lena, when men don't find her attractive, she thinks that it's a personal offense. Lena, Dunham. we were all rooting for you, Dunham. Lena, incredibly privileged, likes to complain about how privileged she is, Dunham. <laughs> it really does suck because I, I really did want to like her. But she she's, again, one of those feminists that thinks it's so edgy that she's a woman. <laughs> That's, like, the only thing that makes her edgy. Well, and, then, and then she's not... And she's cool with nudity. She's cool with nudity and she's not, I guess, what society finds... Um, to be attractive. But that's why I was rooting for her. Like, I watched Girls, and I thought, okay, there's... Well, to be fair... Did you watch her movie that came out before that? Tiny Furniture? Yeah. Yes. And I watched Girls because I uh, did some of the makeup for their first billboard, like, the first season. Like, I met all of them. They were lovely, and I thought, I'm definitely going to watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does have its moments. It has its moments. It introduced me to Adam Driver... It had a a non stereotypically attractive lead lead, which mm-hmm. great. Yeah. And it didn't stop her from getting Adam Driver. She wrote it, but it didn't stop her from getting Driver. Mm-hmm. It, it did Well men do that all the fucking time. It did depict, you know, somewhere I was living at the time. It passes the Bechdel test There's a million a times over. There's a lot of things about it that I really like. There's a lot of tokenism going and on in there. I don't mind that they're all heinous because that's fine with me they don't really you know you don't. not really, everybody has to be like but i also feel like women aren't really allowed to be heinous hmm. in a lot of uh shows and i'm okay i very much like okay it's like it. a it's like a cast full of elaine's i'm okay with it in summation with mattel <laughs> finally making movies and, and not like directed dvd animated barbie films or whatever hasbro's been doing this for their you know quote-unquote boy toys for boy toys <laughs> forever mm-hmm. and with with great success i mean we've got a snake eyes movie right we've now we've got snake eyes we've got transformers of course you know snake eyes being from gi joe um and you know it goes on and on like why are we not getting these quote-unquote girl toys they're just you know they're just they're just do okay (laughs) (laughs) with great anticipation (laughs) did you watch shock therapy by the way of course i didn't (laughs) we'll have to watch it i've even watched rocky horror picture show as though it was the Wizard of Oz. Like, it's black and white, and then when they get to the mansion, it's in color. Like, wow. I am... I would love to see Rocky Horror Picture Show, but the Muppets and Tim Curry stays. Ooh. And now Tim Curry in a wheelchair? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. Too soon? Too soon. I mean, I'm sure... He's, st- he's on fucking TikTok. There's like... He's, I, he's I got, great. I got on Curry Talk, and oh my God, it... <laughs> Is a joy. He is such a fucking pistol. He's he's still yeah. He's he's there. He's the best. And I love that whole like what how you know Tim Curry. Your first introduction says to Tim Curry says a lot you. about you. Yeah. Well, he was in Treasure Island, Muppets Treasure Island. Is that your first encounter? No, I was just saying like it makes perfect sense for him to be working with the Muppets. Oh yeah. I think we just we we've been going through and watching the Muppet Show and the the Alice Cooper episode is one of my absolute favorites. I don't we haven't gotten to the Blondie that with Debbie Harry yet. Oof, that's a good one. I cannot tell you what a 
pivotal show in my life the Muppet Show was. I mean, it's it's such a good intro for young audiences to pop culture, first of all. Yeah. And just humor. And oh, then God. But wouldn't you agree that Yo Gabba Gabba is probably the closest we've gotten to that, at least with this generation of kids? Maybe, but I forgot to tell you, and I'm so glad we brought up the Muppets. I don't know how the fuck you did it. The new Muppet Babies? Yes. Gonzo? Yes. Go do ahead. Wanna, do you want to set that? You, you can set that up. No, no. Do it's it. It's not my place. Nope. I mean, I'm going to butcher it, so that's why, I'm, that's why I'm handing it to you. No, I don't. I just I saw it in passing. And yeah. It, so, I mean, uh, essentially, Gonzo... Um, they were dressing up, and Gonzo wanted to be a princess, and they address this, you know, being gender creative and expressing yourself how you want to and presenting yourself. It, they really went hard for uh, expression. If you need a more jarring example of why representation matters, is the fact that both of my older kids sent me this video, and then all my friends and everyone else, because it does, it does matter. Right. It really and does. And Gonzo, by far, my favorite puppet. You'd think Miss Piggy, yes, a very close second. Rizzo? Hmm? Rizzo the rat? That's newer. That's Muppets Tonight. That's not classic Muppets. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I do love Muppets Tonight because Prince was on it. Mm-hmm. But Prince uh, is a Muppet. No, <laughs> oh, was a Muppet. And a vampire. Shut the fuck up. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Masters of the Obvious podcast is sponsored by FierceUnicorns.com. Hey, this new COVID variant got you down? Well, yeah, it does. Did you throw out your masks thinking that this thing was over? I bet some people did. You tired of men telling you to smile? Absolutely. You afraid of being mistaken for an inconsiderate Republican? That's all I worry about. Well, baby... We got the store for you. Tell me more. FierceUnicorns.com is a place where you can buy comfortable face masks that are handmade, customizable, multi-layered, and fucking beautifully crafted. Gorgeous. We love the toggles on the side. We love the, the wire at the top to fit around your nose snugly. That you can buy different sizes. Reversible. Multi-layered? Come on, safety, safety, safety. That's so much bang for your buck, and you know how much I love banging. Banging. <laughs> FierceUnicorns.com has a variety of designs like pride masks, mm -hmm. pop culture masks like My Little Pony and Barbie. Pokemon? And a mask with a picture of many tiny potatoes. Who doesn't need that? Right? You are... A tiny potato? You are hash brown. I'm a mashed potato, I'm according to the Zodiac. Mashed potato. We can't single-handedly dismantle capitalism, but we can stop buying masks from Bezos and Target. Mm-hmm. And buy from... <laughs> 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 you said Bezos? That's like a Beetlejuice moment. Sorry. And we can buy from a small, queer-owned quality establishment instead. Use code obvious at checkout to get yourself a slick 15% off and help us squeeze more money per episode out of the male gaze. These are dire circumstances. We might lose our sponsor if you don't go directly to fierceunicorns.com, plug in that code, get yourself a mask, be socially responsible, and look hella fine. We will lose respect for you. We will lose respect for you. If you aren't wearing a mask in public, and if it's not a mask that is properly layered, 
one that is properly laundered, you fucking heathens, <laughs> one that is ethically sourced from the gays. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you would choose not to have a cute mask, straight to jail. How very dare. Straight to jail. You can coordinate. You could have you can have mushrooms on the inside of your jacket, mushrooms on your tie, and mushrooms on your fucking mask. And who doesn't like feeling better than everyone else? Not me. Not you? You don't like to feel better than everyone else? No, I don't like to not feel I better than I don't like them. to not to. <laughs> Double negative. <laughs> Double negative, but you know what's triple? Oh, my layer mask. My mask. <laughs> So please go to fiercedunicorns.com, plug in the code OBVIOUS for 15% off, and just treat yourself. Treat yourself to the best masks that are out there. We've tried and trued, tested, approved. Moto loves it. Treat yourself. So then, Yeah. You catch the Suicide Squad? I did, and you know what? They're actually I, a fucking Suicide Squad. <laughs> is that, well, Task Force X. But, yeah. No, I mean, like, they're actually dying. Oh, yeah. We all know that James Gunn has a history of trauma, and boy, did it show in this one. There was trauma. There was trauma. (laughs) There was a Roomba? No, there wasn't. I wish. But, yeah, it kind of reminded me. Did you ever catch his his film Super with Rain Wilson? Yeah. Just kind of that, like, just unnecessary violence, and it's very abrupt as well. It's abrupt, and it's graphic. So but it's for, mostly for laughs. I yeah. Don't, it didn't seem like... The nice thing about the way that he handles violence, it doesn't feel like he's, like, actually torturing the characters for no reason. Well, the funny thing is, is that I think that maybe you can pick up on that as an adult but i was in a theater with a bunch of children and it was fucking it added to the hilarity for me and i think maybe he knew that somewhere inside of him when Mm -hmm. he was making this movie that i would be in a theater with children specifically for you yeah 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 he's like there's this bitch she's gonna be in palm springs cynthia rose's the suicide squad it's gonna be an xoxo (laughs) you you know you would think with the name suicide in the title that you know parents would have better judgment not to you know have their kids in front of that oh it's a it's a superhero thing but it's not a superhero thing it's a super villain thing i opted out even though ani my eight-year-old um loves light horror and harley quinn i opted out of taking her and uh just did the HBO Max route with uh, Riot. And nice. boy, did they love it. Honestly, watching things with my kids has made me less of a cynic because watching their reactions to things and get excited about it. That's cool. I saw it in the theater by myself because my, you know, I thought, you know, Max isn't around and Topher isn't around. They were in Florida. Why would anyone go to Florida? Beats the shit out of me. That's the real Suicide Squad. The ones exactly. that willingly go flight, to Florida. Their flight was just... It was they don't big. even have a device implanted in their head that's going to explode, <laughs> making them do that. They're just going straight into Trump country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went by myself, and the last time I saw a movie by myself was Birds of Prey. No. Black Widow. Oh, you weren't by yourself for Black Widow. Yeah. So I went... That's actually kind of a nice, like, uh, that's a nice follow-up to it, actually, like, even chronologically. I love seeing movies by myself, but I'm often disappointed when I see movies by myself um, in the in the movie. Like, I don't know if maybe seeing it with somebody else helps me either heckle it like we did when we saw Snake Eyes. Oof. Do we even need to cover that? 
Okay, Snake Eyes sucked, but it was fun to heckle. End of story. It was an it was enjoyable. If you if you and we we went into it not really expecting that much, but didn't realize how low the bar would be, and we tripped over it. Yes, it was painfully derivative and painfully written. But I mean, the lead actor is nice to look at. Absolutely. He seems like a real class act. Um, I mean, everyone in that movie, aside from people who are meant to be unattractive, were nice to look at. Yeah, they really cannot make a G.I. Joe movie to save their lives. Anything worth watching, yeah. I wish that was a Suicide Squad. It'd be nice to see more people die in that. <laughs> in any <laughs> case. I think my favorite heckle, though, was, do you remember, we were we were joking about how ridiculous it is that he would take the name Snake Eyes, the, the guy that killed his dad, right? Yeah. Using the die. And then, like, I wish that guy used a douchebag because he's acting like a douchebag right now. We're pretty good at heckling, gotta we say. We are. I, and we it's been do a while. Riff tracks. It's been a while since I've been able to do it in a theater, not only because of COVID, but also because my husband's not a big heckler. And I haven't seen a movie in the theater with you ever. Was that the first one? No. No, 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 no. We not saw Little all. Women. <laughs> and some, <laughs> yeah, we've seen a few. That's not true at all. But um, yeah, so fun. We should have heckled Little Women. That would have been fun. We did kind of. Oh, I mean, we were. Oh, we, yes. We heckled. That's right. <laughs> we heckled uh, all Flo's lines for the most part because she got some some rough ones. Oh, my God. I forgot we did. All right. In any case, I was going to go see this movie by myself. I thought, fuck it. There's an IMAX theater right by me. Treat yourself. Go fucking see it, IMAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen a movie IMAX since the first Spider-Man. Like whoa, like Sam Raimi for Sam Raimi Spider Man. Yeah, Wowie Zowie. And gotta tell you, not worth the money. Wouldn't do it again. I'm kind of glad I didn't spend money on it. Aside from my subscription to HBO Max, which I kind of have to have anyway. I was I like I enjoyed it, and I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy it more now that I know what I'm going into rewatching it. Um, but I am kind of surprised by this like uproarious, mostly positive feedback I'm seeing everywhere. People really like it. People really, really like it. Are already saying it's the best comic book mo- movie out there. Wow! I think the only parts that are worth a damn are the the women in the movie fucking killed it. Yeah, Harley Quinn and Ratcatcher. Although Ratcatcher two, sorry. Yeah, I guess I'm a little disappointed how Amanda Waller was treated. I feel like they could have utilized her a little bit better, but it was such a jam packed movie. I don't really, I can't really give a solution to that. But you know, we love Viola Davis. I've met her before. Love to see. Uh, that character but the main criticism that i'm hearing from other people is something that i actually disagree with that the characters weren't developed enough as all over the place but like how are you really going to develop a cast of 100 people yeah no so i did watch it again like half of the movie again with my husband okay. and in the beginning he was like oh my god pete davidson's in this that's a big role for him and i just go <laughs> <laughs> like well, you might want to hold off on that. <laughs> the real nerds know that um, Pete Davidson didn't do any kind of press junkets or, or any kind of press for it. So we all knew that that guy's going to die. But I feel like just knowing that he's in it, we should have known that guy's going to die pretty quick. Yeah. Well, well, also, on that same token, Flula broke my heart. For how much Flula has been promoting this movie and to have such a minor role. But to be fair, his weapon had a pretty major role. We gave him that. It was upsetting. So if you saw the movie in the theater, here's the one reason if you saw the movie in the theater, it was actually different. So and before the trailer start, 
they have an ad with a code and a website, and then they play it again before the movie starts. And it's a code and a website that you go to where you can bet like the people in the movie on who's gonna die like american idol style but you don't actually get to decide who who dies yeah you just get to bet like they are you know i didn't know that and i love that it was pretty funny now i had really crap wi-fi in the theater so i couldn't do it but i did i did know of its existence and it was quite funny so did you have a, a mental pool going on in your head at least because I got shown that, I knew, okay, so a lot of these fuckers are going to die. Yeah. Um, I guess the most surprising one to me, except for like Boomerang and Rick Flagg, was uh, uh, Michael Rooker's character, Savant. They really like, they, they really hyped it up in the beginning. He got the opening scene and then he dies. Yeah, I, I feel like that's why, like, that's why that felt so jarring. Yeah, and I love Michael Rooker as an actor, too. Of course, he's like a mainstay in James Gunn movies, too. So it was surprising. But um, I also really, I mean, I think that one of the shining stars was Weasel. Oh, my God. Um, And, of course, that's played by Sean uh, Sean Gunn, who is James Gunn's brother, who we both know and love um, from Gilmore Girls. Yes, and he also was in the beginning of the movie. Yes, as another character, which is I'm totally blanking on. Um, but had a little bit of a cameo there. And and I didn't realize for the longest time that he was the one who was doing the motion capture for Rocket Raccoon. Yep. Those pictures are hilarious. There was a really funny uh, picture of him in his motion capture suit in the very beginning when they did like the superhero walk and everyone looks very valiant and strong. And then <laughs> Sean Gunn is just kind of like hunched over and just walking crazy in that <laughs> insane condom of a, of a suit. Just love it. Love it. So funny. Um, so what was really weird is when I watched that half of it with my husband, he never, ever gets faces right or voices right. And he looked at me and he's like, is King Shark Stallone? And I'm like, fuck that. No. no he, and I looked it up. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yes. Sure is. And then yes. we've got, we also got Steve Agee as uh, one of the, the work uh, people working for Waller, yep. which was nice to see. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're a James Gunn fan, you're going to like this movie no matter what. Um, I, I don't know if I consider myself a, J- a James Gunn fan. I do like his work on Guardians of the Galaxy. I do like some of the other things, but I'm not like a total fan girl when it comes to him. So I guess it allowed for a little bit of leeway for me to like look at it more critically. Yeah, I'm not I mean, I like his work. I like his his trauma work. I, I, there's nothing he's done that I hate. Mm-mm, no. I have um, I don't even hate this I don't hate this movie at all. I do think that uh, Harley's scene where, you know, she's giving this soliloquy after she murders somebody is probably one of my favorite scenes in any comic book movie. And you know what's so funny is that that was another criticism that I heard about the film that they felt like Harley Quinn was a, a a female character written by a man, but I think Fair. it's kind of exactly. I think it's a really nice follow up to Birds of Prey, um, and it's very in line with her character. We have to also remember that she's a freaking caricature of a person. She's insane. She's intelligent, but she's also ditzy, and then she's also just over the top. So like all of these and like just hyper hyper feminism, right? And hyper like uh, uh 
emotional immaturity right so so like a lot of those scenes that might seem like it's like a a dig at women is just literally her character and always has been i think it's really weird to prop her up as a hero or someone to look up to because she's clearly very flawed and her popularity is because she's flawed yeah agreed um but i guess one of my big my big issues with the film was that the, the the big villain Starro really left me being like that's what we, we that's what that's where we're going with this and and then yeah. and then of course he has like this it's like a hive mind situation where he kind of zombifies people around him with his you know offspring and like they really didn't help very much like part of the militia had guns and were being controlled by Starro and they never used the guns yeah I kind of felt like when all was said and done Peacemaker was the big bad. Peacemaker absolutely was, well, or just America in general. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many of these films do we find out that, oh my God, it was America the whole time. Plot twist, but not really plot twist. America all along. (laughs) (laughs) It was America all along. And then we need like, say like Uncle Sam winking at the camera. I don't know. I, I get like, if I was going to give it like a percentage enjoyability wise, pretty high up there i was entertained the entire goddamn time but as a movie i don't know like 75 percent for me yeah no i feel the exact same way like i was a C, not, a C plus yeah i wasn't not entertained i was entertained but uh, you know much like black widow i left feeling empty would you say this is on a similar level as black widow or did you feel a little bit more I don't know what Marvel does, but they've somehow wrapped even their crappiest shit in a way that it just gels and it resonates with me no matter what. No matter what. Even Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm like, okay. That's a lot like Disneyland. Like, going to other theme parks after going to Disneyland is always kind of a letdown because, like, even, like, the smell of the water and, like, Pirates of the Caribbean it's like like it just hits different. Like they they really have literally every aspect of that company and every affiliate, whether it be a theme park or a movie or a TV show, are just on point. Even when they're not, <laughs> they do the science. It's got to be something because psychological. Honestly, it's something. I'm gonna I'm gonna pinpoint it and just throw it out there and say that the the reason why I don't get the same feels from DC. Uh, DCEU is because of the the Snyderverse fucking everything up, but I just feel like the Suicide Squad was like their attempt to try to steer away from that. I think Birds of Prey also was, but like they're trying to steer away from that, and it's just gonna be clunky at first. I used to think that maybe it was because DC's characters were just boring. <laughs> well, and also just harder to suspend disbelief for, but this is 1000% not true. No, it's absolutely how it's handled. I think Marvel characters are also. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought that, but if I was trying to come up with something a while yeah. back. And I, yeah, but no. But I, speaking, it's, speaking of Zack Snyder, which we tend to do, unfortunately, uh, um, that after, of course, the Snyder Cut was released of Justice League, fans are like really rallying for the company to release David Ayer's cut of the suicides of the, the original Suicide Squad. You think it's going to happen? Well, there is some argument for that. Okay, I feel like there's more argument for that than there was for Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, like, we're comparing 
like look at his other body of work. Like, I don't want to fucking see more of it. No, thanks. David Ayer has a good, a decent body of work. And this really seems to be like the misnomer and all of it. Misnomer, misnomer, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, because it does, doesn't seem in line. So I, I am wondering if that is something that happened in post-production because even David Ayer is saying like, that's not my movie. Oh, okay. Margot Robbie chimed in on this and said, in so many words, like, okay, not my business seems kind of messy, but I always want to see what the director's vision is. Okay. I want, I'll watch it. Yeah. I don't I mean, I, I honestly, it was really funny with suicide squad. I disliked it, but I don't remember hating it as much as everybody else does. And I went back and I watched it again and I was like, Oh no, no, everyone's right. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> this is, this is horrible. You were trying to talk yourself out of it. Cause you were so excited to see Harley Quinn. Right. One thousand percent. And there are there are really good characters in there that just got botched hardcore. And uh, Jared Leto, of course, was. I honestly, I feel like the 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 iceberg that sank the Titanic. Can I just again say how much I want people to stop using him in movies? Um, you can say it all you want. And I no will. No one's listening. <laughs> I will hype you up. Fuck him. Fuck his echelon. Fuck the prosthetics they put on him when they could just hire somebody that's old or fat or whatever or trans. Trans. I, the fact that he won an award for that, the highest honor for that, really yet, pisses me off. And yet, and yet, Scarlett Johansson still kind of people still dislike because of the choices she made this motherfucker gets the highest award for doing something not okay and no everyone's like okay that's fine not canceled we like you also the fact that he's diversified his fan base you know he has music fans he has movie fans he has tv fans and i think that it's just adds some sort of buffer there's no buffer here. Not at There's our no podcast. There's no buffer here. Mm-mm. We're all we're in the buff recording this, of course, but <laughs> no buffers. Actually, no buffers. That, no clothes. That's how you know. No, no clothes. No buffers. <laughs> that's what my grandma always used to say. Not my chair. Not my problem. Yeah, DC likes these villain-driven movies, and well, because they work well, they even work well for Disney, right? Like any of the live-action uh movies that they've done have been flops except for the ones that were like redemptive arcs for villains right do you want me to jump into something else uh unless people want to take bets on who is going to die first me or you (laughs) that's a (laughs) toss-up i'm old but you're sick (laughs) 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 trailer for the why the last man dropped the image series by brian k vaughn and no one's talking about it no one is talking about it are we going to talk about it and we're not going to say very much about it because it was just a very straightforward trailer. But yeah, yes, the, but, but this is also is it the I think it's the first like on screen adaptation of his work and, and that they're also planning on a Paper Girls series as well. Yes. So the trailer dropped. It looks magnificent. I'm very excited about it. I watched it with my son and he's already traumatized. So, you know, it's good. Okay, hit me with your next little bit that you have on the news docket. I totally uh, binged all of Sexy Beasts on Netflix. Oh my God. Tell me all about it. So, Sexy Beasts, something we talked about on the pod before when we saw the insane fucking trailer. Yeah, it's that fucking crazy. It, I literally the whole time I'm watching it, Topher sleeping next to me, and I just keep going, "What the f- what the fuck? 
what what the fuck what the fuck i really really was hoping that at some fucking point somebody would be revealed to be like ugly or uh there would be some big reveal when someone takes off all the prosthetics there was none they're all young attractive people i just found the the panda on tiktok (laughs) she's she's the best she's the only one worth watching on the whole goddamn show but uh I really, the thing that my main criticism of it, besides it being fucking a dystopian fucking hellscape, is that mm-hmm. uh, I was expecting it to be something like Rock of Love or Flavor of Love or, or The Bachelor, where they all are living together in a house in this they're makeup. Not? No. So what they're doing, it's sort of. Well, that would like, be really difficult, though, I imagine. But. That would have been such a better show to see them all interacting like that. No, it's a it's a one person taking three people on a speed date and then dating and then eliminating. So it's like basically four people every episode. Not what I wanted at all. I think that if they would have done them all in the makeup, living together, it would have made a better fucking show. It totally would. But I also think that that would like violate some sort of laws. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. I just feel like like that's gonna be torture to be in that prosthetic makeup that much. Like, well, how long does it take to put on that makeup? Oh God, hours. I'm sure. You saw a movie with uh, Stephen on his birthday, yes? Yes, I saw uh, the Green Knight, which is an A24 film. And just like A24 films, I left confused. <laughs> there, I mean, to, okay, I'll be, I'll be honest. I do love most A24 films and I am a bit of a hipster. I will own that. But um, this one, I guess I knew roughly what the context was. It's based off of a, a song or a poem, I believe. Um, so I knew what was going to go down. They definitely took some trippy routes with it. I guess the closest thing that I can compare it to is like, uh, if you took the worst parts of Lord of the Rings and you mixed it up with the worst parts of Donnie Darko. Wow. But weirdly enough, you would say, oh, Kirsten hated that film. I didn't. Maybe it's because I was just excited to be out with my husband or it was, I was just excited to roast it with my husband. Okay. Um, but uh, do you notice I, I have a husband? My oh. husband. Oh, <laughs> that means you have value. May his. Oh yeah, thank God. No, it wasn't an unenjoyable film, and I, if I were to rewatch it, maybe I'd like it more. Now that I have more context, again, I think a lot of things are like that, where I'm just like, I'm just trying to adjust to the movie while watching it, okay. and that can be a struggle. Um, it was beautifully shot. I love Dev Patel. I first saw him in Skins, the UK teen drama, loved him. And that I just read an article about how he was really affected by being so young and making all these lists of like ugliest actors, which I can tell you that he is definitely not ugly, especially in this movie. Um, Yeah. I mean, I liked it. If you go to Ren Fairs, you're going to gobble that shit up. You're going to gobble that up like a turkey leg. (laughs) um but yeah that's my that's my honest hot take on it i really haven't sat with it very long so maybe it'll develop over time i was going through the internet like you do right Mm -hmm. and i fell down a rabbit hole oh goodness are you okay no i'm not so apparently (laughs) jennifer aniston came up on my news feed 
And she's reportedly dating David Schwimmer again. I don't even know if it's again. I don't know. Was that just on the show? What the fuck do I know? All I know is that we've gone down a wormhole into the 90s, which, you know, I (sighs) everyone's wearing, what, flannel and brown lipstick again and contemplating small eyebrows. But Benefer is back together. Yes, this is how far we fucking come. Like, this is happening. And, okay, to go further. Is Dave, she promoting something? I feel like this is a I PR don't know. Thing. Well, they did film some sort of friends thing, didn't they? Uh, oh, yeah. But it's not over with now. I don't know. I don't, I don't I, care I, about we friends. Don't, we don't care about friends. We no. don't know what it is. No. But to go further. You don't further, come here for friends news. You come to see friends talking about news. You don't come for friends. We're not friends. Fuck friends. We're, <laughs> we're only fuck friends. <laughs> so I wish. to go even further. <laughs> <laughs> Go even further down this rabbit fucking hole. So now they have David Schwimmer's ex talking about this new relationship. Do you know who David Schwimmer's ex is? David Schwimmer's ex is Natalie Imbruglia, which is even more down a 90s wormhole. And I'm going through my karaoke playlist because I'm going to have a fucking karaoke birthday party in a few days come hell or high water. Yeah, I'm going to have a karaoke birthday party. I have to sing in public and I'm not bad at it. Sorry. <laughs> it's my one joy. I just talked to my therapist. I found my happy place. It's singing, and now you're shitting all over it. <laughs> I have Crohn's. <laughs> I shit on things. I just, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Torn is definitely on my fucking karaoke fucking list. What is, I mean, obviously I hate Ross, but like, what is David Schwimmer like in real life? I have no mm. idea. Does anyone care to know? No. Do you know? No. Yeah. What I do know is that I have no real friends. Do you want to know how I know I have no real friends? Because no one bothered to tell me that Justin Thoreau is fucking single. I thought Jennifer Aniston was still with Justin Thoreau. Did you watch Maniac, the TV show with him and um, Jonah Hill and Emma Stone? No. (gasps) I know. Everyone wants me to see it. Yeah. And it's so stylized. It has similar vibes to like Vokey. Vokey. Oh. (laughs) It has similar vibes to Loki and like in that very like kind of mid century type uh, look, but it is, it's real wacky. A little bit of Requiem, a little bit of, a little bit of Eternal Sunshine, I would say. Okay. I can get into that. I just, I know that if I had any real friends, somebody would have told me that Justin was fucking single. I didn't know. You're Mm -hmm. you're only real friends at Dum Dum. (laughs) So you're just up a creek, baby. Go find a paddle. Go find a friend with a brain. Go find a a, a paddle-shaped friend. (laughs) Get you back downstream. So, Kirsten, I hear that you have done a brand spanking new comic list for us. Emphasis on spanking. I took each one of these comics, which I got before they were released, and spanked myself with them. No, I wish. Please put it on a list or something so I can review all these before landing on my list. And then you read it and you're like, this is garbage here i'm like listen the run was good that was a misnomer i don't know don't hold me accountable anyway here's my comic book list this is all coming out on august 11th so whenever you're listening to this probably after that it's already out there go out there go to your local comic book store if it's not there try to get it from the source don't amazon it for the love of god jeff bezos literally thanked us for getting him into space like don't fund any more penis rockets if you can avoid it we're starting in strong with AWA Studios, Fight Girls, number two, from Boom. My, honestly, personal favorite. It's up there with Image when it comes to publishers. WWE, The New Day, Power of Positivity, number two. Nice. 
we love a good wrestling comic book. I mean, they are comic book characters. They truly are. Uh, from Dark Horse, we've got Masters of the Universe Revelation number two of four, obviously in conjunction with the show. Um, the cover is by Bill Sankiewicz, who uh, we covered a couple of months back about his drama with his ex-wife and another um, artist, which I really enjoyed. Um, from DC, we've got Wonder Woman number 777, just so going to heaven, not to hell. Um, co- covered by a Travis Moore. There's a couple variants on that, but check that out. Image Comics, Bitterroot number 15, Marvel, America Chavez, made in the USA, number five of five. Get, collect the whole thing, guys. Support it. Captain Marvel, number 31. Side note, the Brie Larson wanted to tell my child that they are an inspiration. My friend texted them about uh, them promoting the Captain Marvel series, of course, done by Kelly Sue DeConnick as a book review on Tiny Things. And she wanted to let them know that they think that they're, she thinks that they're fucking rad, which really didn't want to cry that early in the morning. From Running Press, Harley Quinn talking figure and illustrated book kit. Hmm. Looks good. I feel like that's going to be a good purchase for Ani. Nice. Only 13 bucks. Why not? That's my comic book list for this week. It's a good one. It is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I'm gonna get all my children to gather their hands around me and give me a pat on the back. <laughs> Today on the show, we have a special guest, Paul Oldham. He is an artist, a burlesque performer, and the purveyor of wacky and socially responsible goods. FierceUnicorns.com, which just happens to be our sponsor. What? Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi. Thanks for having me for money. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here, Paul. This, You're so welcome. This is the first time that we monetarily gain from a podcast interview. True. We usually lose a lot, like self-respect. Mm-hmm, my top. Because we always play strip poker afterwards. <laughs> and I don't know how to play poker. I just like taking my clothes off. So we have some fun questions to ask you. And uh, of course, I want to start with your burlesque career, which has also been coined as boylesque. Um, can you talk about how you got into it? Some of your past performances? Yeah, I've always, I feel like I always found some sort of creative outlet and then uh like painting or something but in 2015 or 14 i started uh like sponsoring burlesque shows and then started producing burlesque shows and then started doing my own version of burlesque in shows for other people can you tell me about some past performances you've had because i am just tickled pink by the direction you take with things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes so i have uh a uh edward from twilight number <laughs> um, wait what does that include so that's to the song shiny from moana but like a rock <laughs> version of it and i also like the whole premise in the beginning is that bella says like um i'm coming and then i say or then edward says like Bella, I don't want you to come. And then it's about him, like, loving himself and nobody else. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I decapitate a a wolf during it and, like, kick the head into the audience. And 
it's a whole thing, but it's a lot of fun. And it's all about being shiny. That's so perfect. My personal favorite, of course, is your sacrilegious uh, piece. Yep. Um, I did choose to do Squirtle instead of Pikachu. So um, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I know. So I do a number as white Jesus is to is to like the DC talk song Jesus freak. And then after like the first half of it, if I give him the right track to do to use, it turns into um, Evanescence. uh, Bring me to life. life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but I have a, like a cross cock piece, cod piece. I don't know, a fake penis, mm-hmm. but it has like three glands at the end. Cause it's a cross itself and it has the sash and then I have the robe and the sash and I have like really frizzy white people hair and then a crown of like, so I like made a crown of thorns, but I need to find bigger thorns to make the crown of thorns. Um, uh, but it's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous, and at the places that I performed in it, you wouldn't really think would let me leave the venue alive. <laughs> You're in Missouri, in yeah, I want to know the, the audience response to this. I've had people leave the venues and tell the producers or whoever was there that it was like blasphemous, and they're never coming back. Um, but it was at a convention, and I said, "This is my cosplay as a as a." As a fictional character, you have to be allowed to like have your own creative license with them, no matter who it is. Um, you recently came out as non-binary as an adult. Uh, could you tell us more about that? Oh God. Um, at, well, I got pink hair, and that usually starts things off. Um, but I, <laughs> just we're just, <laughs> but we're I, just I, waiting for for Cynthia now. <laughs> Oh, it's so cute. Your oh, your hair is so cute. Um, I have been looking at it. Um, well, I've always felt really outside of the gender binary uh, since I was a child. Um, I grew up wanting to be a girl and then uh, not necessarily wanting to as much when I was older. And then but kind of presenting as androgynous, which for much of my 20s, which you got to be a part of. And then I kind of realized that while I don't, I'm not bothered by the wrong pronouns, unless it's a like telemarketer who's creating their own fantasy about me. uh, I really don't mind. Like, I feel like I I like being kind of in the middle and also outside of the the gender binary. Uh, Most people call me by he, him, and that's, that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. And I'm also comfortable exploring other ones as well other pronouns yeah it's really just not it's not important to me to be a man or to be a woman uh as like a goal or as a aspiration at all what was it like starting a business during the pandemic well as a type a autistic person um i was like like the first month of the pandemic of being able to go home and not have to work for your job and still get paid was great. I played Animal Crossing until I feel like I did as much Animal Crossing as I could do. And then I was really puzzled on what I should do next. And my husband was sewing masks for a local 
uh, tailoring place and he was doing them fine. The, the people were not really worried about what it looked like. They were worried about getting as many made as possible. And I said, well, that's not going to last forever working for these people. Eventually though, he was making hundreds of them per week. So they're going to fill up eventually. So I said, what if we curated and like really honed in on design versus just churning them out as fast as possible. And so I went out and bought a bunch of fabric and we did a bunch of, we started making a bunch of masks and I was made a website and, and eventually kind of, we started getting a bunch of orders for masks from people. People started buying them, people started buying more. And then there's a few people, you know, that kind of buy every new one that you release. And you're like, how many people do you know that are wearing all these masks? Because you can't wear all of these masks. People <laughs> spent hundreds of dollars with us just for freaking masks. They're beautiful and they fit really well. And I uh, made really funny collateral to go with them. <clears throat> Is there a design that you favor more than the other ones on your site? Okay, I have about three that are my favorite. Um, the first one that's my favorite is I have a friend who's a painter and it's called the, the nature of desire. <clears throat> and my friend who's a painter allowed me to use her paintings and get it printed on fabric. And it's of her husband, butt ass naked and a bunch of flowers. <laughs> that one is like probably my favorite one. It's so pretty. I also paid another artist to paint some, like lumberjacks, but like really kind of feminine uh, lumberjacks, like uh, just enjoying, like kind of like the the non-toxic masculinity lumberjacks. And they're wearing like pink and like light blues and purples and stuff and just hanging around with like a bright pink axe and a pink pine cone and a pink jar of like triple X, which I assume is like moonshine. It's actually the the DVDs of the Vin Diesel movie. <sighs> <Good>. <laughs> In liquid form. <laughs> In liquid form. It's the best way to watch it. Yeah, just pouring it over your face. <laughs> yeah. Just right into your eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what is your third favorite? My third favorite is definitely the one, the design that I made that says LeCunt on it and then Male Tears flavor. Like... As, yes. like LaCroix. It's so good. Let's put you on the spot and play a game. Let's play a game. Let's, let's throw competition into it. <laughs> okay, so we've got a uh, it could be a moderately fun game. Who knows? I'm going to set my expectations low. Well, essentially, it is March Madness with himbos, and I'm the one who coined it. So if anyone uses it from henceforth, just know it came from me. It is called Himbo Alimbo. Yeah. Were you insert, to me or were ins- you going to... Insert music here. I just wanted to take credit for that and then it's all you. <laughs> what does limbo mean? Mm. Elimination. Uh, with a little bit of limbo. With, you know, little it's a little party, party you know? Yeah, a little party. party. And a little bit of Lexus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> la, 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 la. So I guess essentially we just... What do we do? We I don't know about sports. I, not, I don't sport. So we so take we start, two we and then we... start with the first two. Right. Eliminate one. There could only be one Chris Hemsworth character moving mm-hmm. forward. So we're going to start this with a very hard decision and put Thor 
up against Kevin from Ghostbusters. I guess maybe maybe we should break down what a himbo is and what the what the uh, that'll be the first the qualification. Yes. What the qualifications are. So himbos typically are polite. They're not as bright, but they're very respectful. They have everyone's um, best interests at heart. But they're um, they're beefcakes. They're beefcakes. They're, they're typically well, they someone that you wouldn't think would respect women and people other uh, d- unlike themselves. And the, I think the beefcake thing is a little bit fluid too, because like I think it's just general attractiveness or just a like conventional attractiveness. Okay, doesn't have to be muscle bound, but also they just need to be emotionally intelligent as well. Yes. So, and, oh, and then there is a little bit of servitude involved as well, where they put the needs of others in front of them. And I mean, ideal himbo doesn't you can you can. Well, that's I think, what we're trying to do. We're trying to break down. We're, we're trying, trying to find, find the ideal himbo, the himboist um, of the himbos. There, there's so for sure. So I, I mean, personally, I think that actually disqualifies Thor. I feel like he's very <gasps> self-serving. I thought it disqualified Kevin because Kevin um, isn't smart enough to put anybody's needs anywhere. He doesn't know. Well, I don't. I, I, I think we can't disqualify someone based on smartness on a himbo challenge. <laughs> Some boys need love too. Mm-hmm. And- this is their this is their time to shine, and we can also factor in uh, you know character development too. Like if they if they develop like as a just character, happy to be there. Kevin is just happy to be a part of the team. And mm-hmm. I saw this movie like how many years ago? Four years ago. So it's been a while, but I loved it. And was it four years ago? Like sixteen? Two thousand sixteen. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah, it was um, still four years ago to me because I, I just. <laughs> We don't count 2020. We don't count the, the, the year that I stayed home like every other year. Uh, oh, God, if I could just stay home forever and like only go out for tacos and sometimes like, I don't know, Thai. Mm. Are we getting are we going to nominate you for himbo now? That sounds like a very himbo thing to say. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm- not going to do your laundry. I, I just think it would be very <laughs> controversial of us to eliminate Thor in the first round. I do too. I and I know. love that. I kind of love that. I feel like what have we done? Because to me, if I'm in full disclosure, to me, Thor is the ultimate himbo. I thought so too until Kevin. <laughs> until, until Kevin. Until Kevin. And well, all his beautiful Kevin drawings. Also, Kevin was written to be a himbo. It's true. Yeah. Thor it's true. wasn't, I don't think. Yeah. Also, like Ghostbusters being the sequel to We Need to Talk About Kevin is really weird. And I didn't understand it at first. (laughs) It makes perfect sense now, though. Let's advance Kevin. Oh, God. All right. All right. This hurts. I also really like Kevin, but also it could just be horniness. I'm not sure. You're not as horny for Thor. I am as horny for Thor, but I like I feel like Thor would do less things. Hmm. Touche. It's not as giving. Yeah. Not as giving. Touche. Touche. Yeah. So in the in the in the uh, in the spirit of eliminating people, Thor is off. Okay, so Thor is yeah. off. So should we do Star Lord versus Andy from Parks and Rec? Yes, Star Lord versus Andy's from Parks and Rec. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, season two and on, Andy. Sure, sure. Could <laughs> mm, I just don't like? I just don't like the worst Chris. Uh, <laughs> the worst Chris. The worst Chris. We're coming down from the best Chris to the worst Chris. I know. Right yeah. well, if you his know. last name was Dahmer, he would be the worst Dahmer as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so he's terrible. But I, I really like, I feel like Andy Dwyer is a little bit, a lot softer and a lot like just happy to be there and help, even if he's really bad at ideas or anything. Okay. But does he qualify from a conventional attractiveness standpoint? He, he qualifies as a Dumbo, but he also started working out for the, the Afghanistan movie and the one during, with- during Parks and Rec. I think it was like right at the end, maybe, or right okay. after. Um, maybe, maybe not. I thought he worked out at Parks and Rec. It's been a while since I've seen that. Too. I feel like at the end of Parks and Rec, he did look different. Yeah. So I think he still qualifies in that arena as well. Yeah. Are, you, are you comfortable with advancing Andy, Cynthia? Yeah, this is an interesting list. My God, not at all how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> all right. So let's put... What would be a good? Can I do one? Can I do yeah. one? Can we do Maui versus Kite Man? Maui versus Kite Man. An entire island against an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> All right. um, well, oh god. So I feel like Maui was definitely not the sidekick type and not the help out type. Um. And I, I feel like Hey Hey was actually like more of a himbo than Maui was. Interesting. Can we replace Hey Hey? Absolutely with- not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Kite Man, because Kite Man is has like the required amount of servit servitude ability. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he's submissive, submissive and breedable, I think is what the kids say these days. Breedable? Wow. Submissive and breedable. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of on- honestly calling Maui a himbo is kind of beneath him as a god or a demigod. They they did help the 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 mean the mean island lady. <laughs> she, they just what what was happening is she was hungry cuz I get this way too. Right? Just, <laughs> I need to give her a Snickers. Yeah. Or get them stoned, I guess, is pretty much what... It's pretty Maui. Yeah. <laughs> Are we- he doesn't seem like he knows how to do laundry or, like, help me do attacks or something. Right? I need a I need a himbo today, actually. <laughs> I need a himbo. <laughs> My favorite so song. We're advancing Kite Man is what the federal consensus says. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, All right. Well, okay, well, how about Aquaman versus Hercules? You mean, oh, are we doing Kevin Sorbo Hercules or are we doing Disney Hercules? Um, well, we we don't we're not going to acknowledge Kevin Sorbo's apparently I, I, doing that um, just feeds into his fantastic, bullshit. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So we got Aquaman and and Hercules from Disney, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a more well known one anyway. Um, Depending on your age bracket, it is. I saw True. Hercules exactly one time about a year ago, and I was quite unimpressed. Uh, but then again, I also saw Aquaman about a year ago, and I was quite unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fair match, is what you're saying. Uh, it's a fair match. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and make an executive decision and eliminate Aquaman and advance yeah, Hercules. That's, yes. that's better. That's that's better. All um, right. I'm going to let you go now, Kirsten. Go ahead. Yeah, I think an interesting heads up would be um, Jason from The Good Place. And Jason Stackhouse. <laughs> Jason Stackhouse. Jason, oh, no. Jason, Jason versus Jason. These are my two favorite characters from their respective shows. Uh, Me too. I know, right? One of them, is, who's dumber, though? 
Ooh. How do you decide who's the dumber one? I think Jason Stackhouse is dumber. I don't know, man. Like, Jason's I don't a good know. place is pretty dumb, huh? He died in a because uh, he thought he could wear a snorkel <laughs> inside of a uh, safe. Safe. He thought the snorkel would keep him alive yeah. and keep him from suffocating. But did, but did Jason Stackhouse really accomplish anything on his own <laughs> during <laughs> during true? I don't think so. Yeah, but also, I think that. Mm, yeah. I think that uh, Jason Stackhouse for the bulk of True Blood, I don't think qualifies for emotional maturity. That's true. That's true. What about Jason from The Good Place? Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easy. Would, We're going to advance Jason. I didn't even get to say anything about that one, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of the majority rules, too, so. Not okay. even. If you want to, if like, you have something to add, please. If I could spend like a few hours in either of them's butthole, um, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't decide either way. Oh, okay. Um, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. We could do Max Greenfield from New Girl versus Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Well, since I've seen one episode and hated New Girl, then I would pick Stephen Herring- Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. He had a quicker glow up, I think, too, and he's very uh, maternal. He's the mom now. Mm-hmm. I think we. So, yeah. So let's eliminate Max and go with Steve. So you got another one on there, Cynthia? You could put up against each other. Sure. I mean, there's two cartoon you know, ones. Yeah, there's two cartoons, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do something real weird. I'm going to do Scott Lang from who is better known as Ant Man and mm-hmm. uh, Han Solo. Mm. Uh, both criminals. This, I mean, Han Solo <laughs> from the movie Solo, probably more so than. I'm just gonna overarching all Han Solo, just as one. Again, seems to have issues with women, son problems. There's one who puts him in his place, though a bunch. Yeah, true. Like, cause but, like Leia's obviously smarter than everyone there, right? But Scott Lang also gets put in his place by uh, the Wasp, so. But I don't ever think he's problematic and he seems to be a good dad despite being a criminal. <laughs> he's also from Kansas City, which I yeah. respect in somebody usually. I think I think we should advance Scott and and just like, you know, as a father, seem to be killing it and not being killed. So All right. there we go. Okay. So Han gone. And then I think the most obvious next one would be Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender versus uh, Goku from Dragon Ball Z. So back in the 90s, we would be at like a aunt or uncle's house uh, on vacation because I used to live on the East Coast and the aunt and uncle would live, was in Kansas City. And like during that summer, every single time that we came, it was just like the battle of Cell where they fought Cell for like a billion episodes, but we'd only see like 10 of them that entire time is when it was airing. Um, so I never really got to know Goku as a person. Very well. <laughs> um, uh, that being said, the other one was from Avatar, which I did see about a year ago. And I did enjoy Avatar a lot. And I think he did have a, a good evolution from little brat to older brat, who's less bratty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I've got a second this. I've watched Dragon Ball Z, and uh, while he qualifies against Sokka, no way. Also, you're jealous because he can turn his hair 
like blonde and like that. <laughs> that's the main thing as a bimbo i'm just jealous by that himbo super ability <laughs> so let's executive system uh not executive session uh overruling unanimous, unanimous oh unanimous goku gone Sokka continues let's do kronk from emperor's new groove verse Emmett from twilight oh god i feel so the funniest thing about that movie for me is that Sting wrote like a billion songs and they didn't use any of them. And he's just like, whoa, Ooh, that makes me love it. That makes me want to go see this movie. I've never I seen know, it. Right? That <laughs> makes me hate it. I, I know. Kirsten and I have this. Uh, she loves Sting. I hate Sting. <laughs> I, just, I can't help it. Um, I do love that Emmett has a bag of hard boiled eggs for no goddamn reason in Twilight. Um, I, well, let's be. Well, let's go against the grain because I mean, Kronk, I feel like if we were really, really going to investigate this would sweep everybody because he he just he's he's great in all categories. But I mean, Emmett, just big, dumb, egg loving man. Also, uh, Kronk, though, if he was living in Germany in the 1940s, would definitely have said I was just following orders. Mm, Good point. Mm. Would have yeah. been too long to really argue with that. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. Kronk is gone, and Emmett advances. Okay, now we gotta get into the nitty gritty. This leaves Kevin from Ghostbusters up against Andy from Parks and Rec. Um, Kevin, we have to do Easy. Kevin. Yeah, we just, yeah, we just Easy. can't allow Chris anything. We, yeah, we can't let him win. Anyone right. who goes to the Hillsong Church should probably just like <laughs> not win, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got Kite Man up against Hercules. I feel like Kite Man is more likely to like do something like make sure they make your coffee in the morning, like get up early to make eggs and whatever people eat in the morning. I'm not sure. I feel like you'd appreciate a 69 joke. And that's 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 where I met where my head's and at. He doesn't so. have to make all the money. He can just Mm-mm. be there to help. And he's exactly. okay with that. Yeah. He's okay. So that leaves um, Jason from The Good Place up against Steve Harrington. I have to go with the butthole. The butthole. Oh, the butthole. Bud you really? I mean, Steve <laughs> is, he's got the emotional maturity. He's got the maternal instincts. He's got that hair. He was really great to um, Robin's character when she came out. He was a I little think- stupid that he got it. I think Kirsten like, is, is biased because she hasn't seen The Good Place. I've yeah. seen The Good Place. I just haven't watched all of it. Yeah. So we're having where Steve Harrington is. Steve Harrington is like 19, maybe. Mm. And mm. I feel like that's just like too young for me to like say, like, him, I would be a predator if I was into Steve Harrington as a 19 year old as a himbo. Fair himbo enough. Is easy to manipulate. <laughs> Listen, you guys already won. We're moving on. All right, moving Jason on. can dance. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. He can woo you with his sweet, You don't sweet know moves. that Steve can't dance. I, I mean, do know. Saw- he's a white man. I know. Okay. All right. All right. I guess we did see, <laughs> we had a little bit of a party scene in one of the episodes. All right. So we've got Scott Lang up against Sokka. As far as like. <sighs> also a teenager. So if you're going to use that argument again, Sokka's gone. Well, I mean, he's also a cartoon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like he's is since it was probably filmed years ago. He's probably like dead by now. Anyway, oh, like centuries ago. Yeah, yeah, centuries. Just God. like Star Wars. If anything, it would be weird for him to be into you. You're too young. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just like a little precocious 34 year old. Don't take advantage of me, mister. I'm not going into your car unless you have the good candy. That's the thing. So does this mean we're eating Scott? I think so. I like that. Scott's gone. Okay. Okay. We'll have Emmett against Kevin. Well, that's too easy. Yeah. Emmett's gone. The winner. <laughs> All right. Okay. So that puts Kitenan up against Jason the Good Place. We know. We know what's happening here. Kitenan's gone. Right. Thank you. <laughs> All I right. Feel like it wouldn't be fair for me to say it because Jason's not like he's not like a like a buff protector who's also dumb and manipulatable is the only problem. So that's probably why it's not going to win. But he is, okay. a good, but he is a good person and he loves his, uh, non-binary, uh, wife. Well, and, non-binary spouse. Um, well, do they call him a wife in the show? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm correcting you being politically correct and I haven't finished watching it. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And we can't even we can't even introduce season four because you haven't seen it. Can you okay, lay off me. Okay. Let's get Sokka versus Wait, Am Kevin. I wrong about that? No. They called Janet his wife. I've yeah. something like that, yeah. I just err on the side of caution. Um, I'm just throwing okay. caution of the wind. As a cis white woman, watch me go. <laughs> a cis hetero white woman. <laughs> Come out already so we can make jokes together. <laughs> All right. So Sokka versus Kevin. Kevin wins everything. All right. So we, we have a third place winner with Sokka. And then now we've got Jason versus Kevin. Like Kevin. Oh, wait, wait. Well, let's put actually Sokka versus J- Jason so we can figure out who's second uh, and third place. Yeah. Uh, what what does Sokka do that's really himboy? He's just he, he he's really into athleticism and 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 looking cute and being dumb, supporting his sister. Okay, so I think Jason does a little bit more himbo stuff. Okay. Um, so that means that we have a definitive ranking of yeah. Kevin in first place. Number he wins himbo a limbo, followed closely by Jason from the good place and. Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender coming in with a solid third place. I'm good with this. You feel good about it? Yeah, I feel good about this. All right. I was a little sad in the beginning about Thor, but I'm good. I'm good. When do we get our Kevin in the mix for winning? (laughs) Oh, we should get his headshots on t-shirts. You know, Thor is sad enough for for all of us, so we don't have to feel sad for him. (laughs) That's true. All right. um, So... Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And um, just to put a pretty little bow on this interview, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. Um, my name is Paul Oldham. Uh, I pronounced it that way so you can spell it. Uh, I'm on Facebook as that. I have an Instagram with burlesque stuff and my butt at I am basic boy. Because Basic Boy is my burlesque name, stage name, something is is the thing that people call me. And then I have fierceunicorns.com, which is where you can buy masks using the code obvious to get 15% off. And then I have a website, pauloldham.com, which is where some of my design work is from like 2019 or so. And I hope most of this was usable. And 
<laughs> I, I definitely uh, think this podcast is awesome. I listen to it anytime that it comes out, except for when you talk about the thing I forgot you talked about. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love it. Oh, we love you. Thank you. Would you say that our um, podcast is submissive and usable? <laughs> and breedable. And breedable. Uh, breedable. Definitely breedable. <laughs> I think you've proven that, both of you. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, submissive? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's that no. was just that's a little jokey joke. That's why we're not himbos. We're bimbos. A huge thanks to our guest, Paul Oldham. What a fucking delight. Check out our brand new website, mastersoftheobvious.com, for new episodes, news, and merch. Our Instagram, at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter at Masters of the O. Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on what Ever platform you're listening on to get notifications for new episodes and to up our numbers so we can continue to do this. Subscribe, we, like, share, do all the things. We need encouragement. We need our numbers up so we can get more money, more money, and we can keep doing this shit because this the shit fact, ain't free. The fact of the matter is, but you don't have enough problems. We don't have enough pride you know what, ownership. You know what facilitates more problems? More money. More money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for listening, and we love you, like, a lot. Who are these ladies? I don't know. Who gave this for the show? Masters of the Obvious. Ooh. Hey, little birdies. I have a little secret to tell you. If you are a cosplayer, you have a cosplay that you love, that you worked on, you want to show someone, or if it's something that we've covered on the podcast, you can DM us on Instagram at Masters of the Obvious. We will post it to our feed. Bonus round, if you are a writer or an illustrator of a book or comic book and you want to send it our way, also hit me in the DMs. I would love to read it and review it on the podcast.